week we were in Virginia and I um, appreciate your prayers. We had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was a great week of ministry. And Brian, I want you to begin to, um, to prepare to bring the word. Um, my home state, Virginia, was high schoolers from all, this, all over the state that came together for that ministry time and that camp. And um, lost my voice on Wednesday. I made it through Wednesday night, and I woke up Thursday, and I had no voice. And I know that shocks y'all that I had a problem, a challenge with my voice. But I did. Thank God that Brian was with us, and Brian st stepped in to pinch hit and just did a phenomenal job. And um, I just want to report to you, we took a group of high schoolers and some college-age kids with us, about 10 of us on this trip from our church. <clears throat> and I'm so thankful of what God is doing in our church with raising up kids from the next generation. Do you know we are right now at about 500 kids that are college-age and younger in our church, from children's ministry all the way up? That's pretty remarkable, you know that? And um, we're thankful that God is giving us favor and fruit. About a year and a half ago, God sent Brian Porzio to our church. Brian was raised in the assembly of God. We got any AG people up in here? Thank God for them. Glad to have y'all with us. Let's give them a hand. Um, and Brian uh, has a great story. And he was um, a youth evangelist. And then God called him to Hollywood. And he went, crazy faith story. God gave him a career in acting and gave him favor. And then years ago, you know this was the Lord, like for Jonah. He called him out of Hollywood to Atlanta. Come on, somebody, thank God. How I many you know that's the word of the Lord? Like some of y'all, he's called you eastward. And um, a year and a half ago, when you came to be a part of our church, um, this is a young man of prayer. There's a great anointing on his life, and um, we're so thankful for him. He and Christina, that's you right there. Christina, would you stand? This is his wife of two, soon to be three boys, Nicholas and Samuel, and this is your mother, right? Visiting from the Huntsville, Alabama area to help while we were up in Virginia. So it, we're, we're thankful. And, I learned more about your story of how the Lord brought you all together. She was ministering, doing youth ministry in urban Los Angeles. And um, Brian uh, began to volunteer in her ministry. And, uh, and voila, here they are, married with two children, two boys and one on the way. And I just want you to know how much I appreciate you, your voice. You are strategic in what this church is going to become, a strong voice to reach the next generation. Would you help me? And let's welcome Brian Porzio as he comes this morning. Love you, buddy. Well, hey, good morning. Thank you so much, Pastor Chuck, for the introduction. We had an incredible week at camp. Raise your hand if you ever been to a youth camp or youth retreat and just... And, and so many of you know just how amazing it, it is. 350 campers just going after God in an open-air tabernacle. And... Um, Pastor Chuck, you know, as the, as the camp evangelist, he, he just straight up preached the unadulterated word of God. And um, no filler, no additives, just boldly declared the word. 
and God moved. And there's so much pressure on camp speakers, whatever. And after I graduated Bible college in 2008, when I, tried to tra- when I started to travel and preach as an evangelist, you know, you, you, you go and you preach at places like Pastor Chuck preached this past week, and you feel that pressure to put spice and fluff on the message to, to students, right? This next generation. We got to reach them. We got to be relevant. Make them laugh. Make them cry. Bring them to the altar. And, um, and uh, yeah, th- th- it's just true. That's just kind of how it is. But, you know, we were talking on the ri- ride up there about the mandate that God gave you to just preach the word and, and let it do its thing. And there are so many additives and food color and, and um, stuff that we add to the word. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the same thing with our physical food. Food coloring and oils and sugar, and it's making us physically malnourished. Do you understand? And it's the same thing that's happening in the Western church when it comes to the word of God. The word doesn't need any additives. It is the living, breathing word of God. And you... So, so when he was preaching at camp and like just doing that and students are responding and God's moving, it's like, dude, that's it. That's it. And for decades, we've been trying it the other way. We've been trying to make it hot, sexy, fluffy, spicy, and it's not working. It hasn't been working. So maybe we should try it the other way, the original way. Maybe we should look at the book of Acts where they had the preaching of the word of God and signs, wonders, and miracles, and they turned the world upside down. Maybe we should Apple C, Apple V on the book of Acts for you Windows people, copy, paste. And um, so that's, that's my heart too. And so um, I want to share a message with you this morning about what it means to walk with God and to know his presence. And 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 the power and the authority of the word. Jesus, when he was in the wilderness and he got tempted by Satan three times, how did Jesus respond all three times? He said what? It is written. Jesus was and is the word. And if Jesus had to know and use the word to confront and resist temptation, how many of you know we need to be able to do the same? No servant is greater than his master. And so um, this morning, I, I, I want to open up the word and take us on a journey. What does the Bible say about what it means to walk with God? Have you ever heard the phrase, get it straight from the horse's mouth? Um, all of the noise, the speakers, the books, the podcasts, the conferences, the evangelists, all that stuff, it's so easy for us to go to every other source, right, to get our understanding, and even worse, We go to Facebook, social media, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News. We go to all these other sources for understanding. But God's calling us back to the living word of God. And so if you're new new here, if this is your first time, or if you're new to church, or you're not a Christian, you've heard, you know, you've, you've gotten an idea of what the Bible says from everywhere else, right? From culture, from media, from social media, But what you're going to hear this morning is what God is saying to you about you and about him, what it means to walk with God. I want to pray, and and, and before I do, the word, when you hear the word, it will encourage you, it'll comfort you. How many of you are thankful for that? But how many of you know the word will also convict you, it'll rebuke you? It'll, it'll hit you hard sometimes with tough love. But the reason the word does that is so that you'll respond to that and experience the transformative power through the Holy Spirit to become more like him. 
We can't just rest on the niceties of our daily bread, right? The comfort of the word of God. We have to be able and willing with open ears to hear and respond to the correction of the word, amen? I wanna pray, and then we're gonna go on a journey into the word. Father, your word is in my heart like a fire, shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot any longer. Your words came to me, and I ate them, and they were a joy and delight to my heart. Your word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And on the sixth day, God said, let us make mankind in our own image, after our own likeness, and give them to rule over all the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and all the creatures of the sea. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Sometime later, Adam and Eve gave birth to another son and named him Seth. And it was at that time that men began to call on the name of the Lord. After this, when Jared had lived to be 162 years old, he became the father of Enoch. After he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. When Enoch lived to be 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years, and then he was no more because God took him. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away, for before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary. I have gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better to me than life itself. My lips will glorify you. You satisfy me more than the richest of foods. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will praise you as long as I live. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the watches of the night. I think of how you have helped me. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. My soul follows hard after you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I come stand before him? For whom have I in heaven but you, and earth has nothing that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but you are the strength of my life and my portion forever. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. 
My soul longs, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I love your house, Lord, the place where your glory dwells. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. And whenever Moses went out to inquire of the Lord, all of Israel rose and stood at the entrances to their tent. As Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and rest at the entrance as all of Israel stood and worshiped. The Lord would speak with Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor in your sight. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Moses said back to the Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us up from here. For how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will there be to distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord replied, I will do the very thing you have asked because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass before you and I will declare my name, the Lord, in your presence. And I will take you and hide you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand. But once I pass by, I will remove my hand so that you can see my back for no man can see my face and live. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may dwell in his holy sanctuary? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, and who does not lift up their soul to an idol or swear by what is false. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob, my heart says of him, seek his face. Your face, Lord, will I seek. For there is one thing that I have asked of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever, gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and live in his presence. Therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Let not the wise person boast in their wisdom, or the strong person boasts in their strength, or the rich person boasts in their riches, but the, let the one who boasts boast in this, that they understand and know me that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. For if you seek me, you will find me, if you seek me with all of your heart. For the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, looking to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. 
This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. And I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. I'll take from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit inside of you to move you to follow my decrees and to keep my laws. And in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all time. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. And Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. And he said to the crowds, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. Then Jesus and his disciples were walking along the road, and they came to a village where a woman named Martha had opened her home to them. Martha had a sister named Mary, who sat at Jesus' feet and listened to his words. While Martha was burdened and occupied with all of the preparation of the work, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, don't you care that my sister is not helping me with all the preparation? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, Jesus answered. You're burdened and worried and troubled by all of these things, but not many things are needed. Actually, only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And Jesus said to his disciples, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain connected to the vine. If you remain in me, and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And Pilate had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. And the Roman soldiers took Jesus and they stripped him of his clothes. They twisted together a crown of thorns and they jammed it on his brow. They put a staff in his hand and they spit on his face and they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they took the staff and struck him on the head repeatedly. And they bowed down on their knees and paid homage to him. And when they had finished mocking him, they led him away to be crucified. And it was at the ninth hour as Jesus was on the cross, he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And with his last breath, he said, It's finished. And at that moment, the curtain in the temple was torn in half from top to bottom. 
For he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement that brought our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, let us draw in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess because he who promised is faithful. So prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform any longer to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, you shall be holy even as the Lord your God is holy. For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. So come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. I'll be a father to you and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from anything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And let us continue to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good pleasure. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, he will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. For this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. But if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. If we say we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim to be without sin, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. So do not love the world or anything in the world. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life come not from the Father, but from this world in its present form is passing away. But the one who does the will of God will live forever. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. See what manner of love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called sons and daughters of God. And that is what we are. Now we are children of God, but we do not know what we will yet be. But we know that when we see him, we shall be made like him, for we shall see him as he is. 
Everyone who has this hope in him purifies themselves just as he is pure. For whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus. A righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Then the angel of God led me to the river of the water of life, flowing down out of the throne, down the middle of the great street of the city. And on either side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and they will reign with him forever and ever. To the king, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, whom no man has seen nor can see, to him be glory and power forever and ever. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. My dear friends, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he'll be blessed in what he does. May the grace of God and the love of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. Father, I have preached what you have put within my heart to preach. And I am asking now, Holy Spirit, that you would do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you can see how clear the word is for your life and what it's supposed to look like? Are you with me? How many, of you, how many of you look at the, can I, can I give you some tough love this morning? 
when I hear those, those passages and I see what God has called us to, I look at that and say, my life doesn't look like that yet. There's a couple times where Pastor Chuck has asked me to do the uh, worship declaration, and I think a couple times I shared the phrase that got in my spirit long ago, and I can't remember from who. It wasn't original. But I've said, all I want is for the Bible to be as true in my life as it is on paper. Nothing more, but nothing less. And we don't ever want to settle for anything less than what the Word of God has for us. Amen? And when I... I, when I look at Moses, when I listen to the Psalms and you hear him pour his heart out to God and gush over the presence of God, that divine romantic language, I say over myself, God, I want that. And the Lord says to every one of you, you can have it. I purchased it all for you. I took it all on the cross. I canceled all the power of sin so that you could experience the fullness of the presence of God. And it's not just for the pastors and the priests and the people who feel like they're a modern day Moses. It's for every man and woman in this room. Well, Brian, I don't really have a calling like Pastor Chuck, or I don't have a calling to be in ministry or, or like that, some special calling. Every one of you has a calling from the foundation of the earth to know God and to walk with him. Because every one of us were made in his image with the capacity to experience his presence and glory. And there's a famine of the glory of God in the Western church, a famine of his word. And the Holy Spirit is so grieved because we're turning to everything else rather to his presence in which there's fullness of joy. Rather to his word, which is life, which is everything we need. All of the promises of God are yes and amen. And it's time for the Western church to wake up and say we've been given one book to know. We've been given one book to memorize and meditate on and to receive life from. And, and, and we're going to be that kind of church. And Pastor Chuck received that mandate years ago when God said to him, just preach the word. Stop the noise. Stop all the drama. Stop all the goofy stuff. I, I don't think you were doing goofy stuff before that, but you know what I mean. Just preach the word. <laughs> and it's time we do that. Amen. God has so much for each and every one of you. But if, if I can hit you one more time between the eyes, we do not know the word. We don't. And it's time that we get it in our spirit and in our minds, amen? Well, I don't really have a good memory, Brian. Well, if I started singing a journey song right now, a lot of you would be able to quote every word. Oops. We we're able to memorize and know. God's given you one mind and one brain. He's given us one life, and it's a vapor that's here one moment and gone the next. And we're to use our time to know him and to cherish his word. Ezekiel, I think it's Ezekiel three. Um, God comes to Ezekiel and gives him a scroll with his words on it. And the Lord says to Ezekiel, eat it, eat the scroll. And the Bible says that Ezekiel took the scroll and he ate it. And when he ate it, he says it was sweet to his taste like honey on his lips. And some of you are in this room this morning and some of you feel like when you open the word of God, it doesn't taste sweet to you. It's not honey on your lips. And you do your devotions or sometimes, you know, you feel compelled to like open the Bible or do, you know, do that because Pastor Chuck is exhorting you on Sunday mornings to do that. And then you read it. It's like, it's, it feels like a chore. It feels like eating salad, right? It's like, I know, I know I'm supposed to do it, but I'm not enjoying it. I don't eat salad. I eat things that eat salad. That's how I get my salad. Come on, somebody. And, um. <laughs> but 
God, God never intended his word to feel dead to you, to be some ritualistic chore. His heart for you is for the word to be alive in you and for to fill you with joy and power. That's what he always intended. He never intended it for it to, he always intended for it to feel like you're eating at Fogo to Chow, right? You know what I'm saying? Or Roos Chris. Or for you salad people, like the most delicious salad you could ever create. I, I don't know. The, the strawberry salad with feta cheese and salmon. Fire, fire birds, sorry, not firestone. We don't eat rubber. We uh, stay, stay out. And, and the Holy Spirit has put on my heart, ever since I graduated Bible college, one of the things God's put on my heart for a generation for the Western church is to wake up and to get back to the word. We need to, we need to do it. And how many of you know, under Pastor Chuck's ministry and leadership, we are going to become that church that is, yes, dynamic and vibrant and in touch with what's happening around us. Well, I, we get all that. But that is also full of the power of the authority that comes from the living, breathing word of God that changes and transforms people's lives. His word never returns void. Can you say amen? I'm going to do two things. I, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes all over this place. Um, if you're in this place this morning, maybe you're new and you're like, I came here to, to listen to Pastor Chuck. I wanted to check out Restoration Church. And now we have a guest speaker. You, you got to come back next Sunday. You have to hear this man preach. Um, but, but you're here. Maybe you don't know Christ. You've never been saved. Or maybe at one time you fell away. And after hearing what the Bible says about you, God's been tugging on your heart that that's what he has for you. And I would be remiss to not give an invitation this morning if there's anybody in this room that you don't, God forbid, you know, if you were to slip into eternity today, you don't know where you, where you would spend eternity. But God wants you to go to heaven. He created a home for you in heaven. He wants you to know him. And if that's you, you're in this place, you say, Brian, I, I wanna know Jesus. I wanna walk with God and I'm, I'm, dis, I'm away from him and I need to be saved. I'm gonna ask every head bowed and every eye closed, even, even the people that have been in church for 40 years, that's you too. With nobody looking around, I'm gonna count to three and if that's you, I'm just gonna ask you to slip up your hand. One, today is your day. Two, say yes to Jesus. Three, if that's you, I'm gonna ask you to slip up your hand. If you need to get right with God today, if you need to get saved. I see a hand back there, yes. I see another one, yes. Yes, ma'am, in the back, I see you. God bless you. Is there anybody else? I don't want to rush this moment. I'm looking around. Is there anybody in the balcony? I'm going to wait. Hallelujah. There's about four or five hands that went up. And for those of you who raised your hand, we're going to pray together a prayer this morning. And you need to understand that when you pray this prayer from faith, the Bible says that your name gets written in the book of life in heaven. You become a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And when you pray this, when you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says not that you might get saved, not you could get saved, but you will be saved. You get cleansed from all your sins. Your past is erased. All your shame is wiped away. Though your sins were as red as crimson, you'll be made white as wool. How many of y'all thankful for the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus that you can't earn, you can't work for it, you can't build yourself up to it, but it's by grace through faith that you receive it. I'm going to ask everyone to, to pray this with me for those four or five who raised their hands. I'm going to ask everybody to repeat this after me. God, we come to you this morning recognizing that I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I need you.
Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose from the dead. I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Make me clean. From now on, I'm a new creation. From now on, I'm dead to the world, but I'm alive to you. Heaven is my home. I'm a child of the living God. I've been set free. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer from a place of faith, the Bible says your name is written in the book of life and all the angels of heaven are rejoicing. Can we take a moment to rejoice with the angels because a couple names this morning got snatched out of hell and got placed in heaven forever. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and we give you praise that your word doesn't return void. I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet all over this place. I'm gonna ask one final question. You're in this place this morning and God put a conviction on your heart when you heard the word. Man, Brian, my life does not look like that. I've lost my first love or I've allowed my passion, my hunger for God to dwindle or get lukewarm. I believe there's many of us here this morning that have allowed that to happen. I just want you to put your hands out in front of you as I pray for you. Father God, right now, I just prophesy to dead bones, live in Jesus' name. Dead bones come alive right now. Receive the breath of God over your relationship with God. Sir, ma'am, your best days are not behind you. The greatest times that you've ever had with God are not behind you. They're in front of you in Jesus' name. Every person in this room, you will understand what it means to walk with God. You can taste and see that the Lord is good. God wants to raise up some modern-day Enochs in this room who are known for one thing, walking with God. And I just prophesy it over this congregation. I speak it out as the will of God according to the word of God. Receive by faith right now in Jesus' name. Fresh wind and fresh fire from heaven in Jesus' name. Father, do it in this church. Do it in this city. In this hour before you come, you are returning for a bride that is without spot or wrinkle. And I pray that you would make us, set us ablaze for you, that we wouldn't be like the five virgins that ran out of oil, but that we would be like the five virgins who had enough oil, who, who remained in your presence, and who heard the beckoning of the bridegroom. In Jesus' name, let not one man or one woman from this house be lost. One man or one woman settle for lukewarm Christianity, that they wouldn't be vomited out of your mouth, but that we would be red hot on fire in Jesus' name. Let's just wait on him for a second. Just take some time right now to just recommit yourself. Say, God, I am going to go after you. I'm going to walk with you. You can't live on a, on a message every Sunday. I eat on Pastor Chuck's message for days because it's it's so meaty, but how many of you know, it's time we start learning how to feed ourselves, amen? So if I, I wanna pray something specifically before I hand it over to Pastor Chuck. This is the last thing I'm gonna pray. God, I ask you right now to put a hunger for the Bible in these men and women. I pray right now that you would start to awaken a hunger to memorize the Bible, to memorize the word. I pray right now that you would put a conviction on men and women in this room 
to get back their time in the word every morning, to get back their time in the word, God. I pray right now that you would arrest us. I pray that, I'm gonna pray something tough over you. God, I pray that you would frustrate our plans if we continue to choose our own plans over walking with you. I pray that you would goad us like, like you said to Saul. Why do you kick against, against the goads? I pray that you would use goads, if you have to, to prod us back to your presence, to frustrate our plans, if need be, to get back into your presence. And I believe you're gonna do an amazing work in this church. And I thank you so much for the power of your word that it never returns void. I give you all the thanks and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can we just give the Lord praise as Pastor Chuck comes? Wow, thank you, Brian. That is a word. Word, so good. So good, man. And congratulations to all of you little guys and girls. Thanks for being with us. You made it through another big people, old person, adult worship experience. You survived it, and it's great to have you. And thank all of you for navigating this crazy time on shuttle buses. If we, You know what we prayed was for a drought, and pretty much they've been able to work. Um, I think, though, there's some rain coming this week, so pray it rains all around us. It waters everybody's yard except our parking lot. We've got our fingers crossed. Um, we're swimming upstream a little bit, but we may have this whole back parking lot with the first coat, the binder coat, and we may get to use it. If that happens for next Sunday, which was the plan, um, then it's going to be a lot easier. But we're, we're almost at the top of the hill, and we're getting ready to have us a beautiful, spacious parking lot. But listen, thank you all for coming to church and taking a shuttle and enduring all the, the inconvenience. May God bless you for it. So, And I pray also, I just want to say, we kind of got thrown off. Happy 4th of July. It's good to be an American. And um, we are not ashamed of being patriotic people. Patriotism at its root is about gratitude. And gratitude is a godly trait. What are we grateful for? being Americans. What are we grateful for being able to live in a land like this where we can experience religious freedom and we can worship the God of our choice? And um, the lines have been blurred and no matter what the media or pop culture time, we don't worship our president or the White House or politics. We're not into nationalism but we are grateful to be a part of a nation that never has been perfect, but it's come a long way. It's closer to perfect than any other nation. That's why people are trying to come here legally and illegally. And um, so I just want to be clear. We don't look to the Capitol building to save us. We have a Messiah that we worship, but we want to be good citizens. Can I get a witness up in here? Amen. Um, do you have that, Mark? Mark Rutland tweeted this yesterday. It is petty and legalistic to shame patriotic churches. 
Patriotism in a worship context is not idolatry unless one makes it so. Prayer for the nation is not prayer to the nation. Come on, somebody. Gratitude for our nation and intercession for its leaders is biblical. Amen? Come on, amen? So, Father, we thank you for your blessing. You have shed your grace on this place. We are thankful for it, Lord. Make us responsible, biblical, spirit-filled sons and daughters who are good citizens, light and salt. Our nation needs a lot of salt right now, a lot of light. May we be those people in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he lift his countenance upon you this weekend and this coming week. And may he give you peace. Come on, everybody. Say it like you mean it. I receive it. Happy Fourth of July weekend. Y'all have a great day. I love you.